So here's what I wanted to share is, is um, as people are implementing just what true prayer is and what they are, man, it's so simple. And I was sharing with some people, I said, what if God is, what if God is actually who he says he is? Wouldn't that be amazing? Because Christians want to not, they just want to eliminate him. Um, and uh, what if he's truly just love, like he says he is? And what if he's truly revelation and light, the light of men and the life of men? And what if he actually does answer prayer exactly like he says he is? Up until now, you haven't asked me anything because you didn't know you're in the family, is what he says. But ask anything in my name, and that's not yelling Jesus at the end. You guys know that, right? It says, when you know you're surnamed, when he's your dad, and you're a joint heir in Jesus Christ, when you know you can ask anything, and he, you will receive it so that your joy may be full. What if that's all true? What if we actually can trust Scripture? Wouldn't that be funny? It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? So I think we should do it. And those people are doing it all over. And it's, a, it's funny. The only guys who argue with me are typically Bible, Bible teachers. And, and the Bible clearly says, well, I'm going to show you some zingers tonight where maybe the Bible isn't so clear. And I think it is. I think, it, cause it's all, I think we've misinterpreted it. I think it's actually really clear, personally. Um, when you understand, so people go, don't you believe the Bible? I go, yes, I believe it. I probably believe it more than you. This is where Brad really helped me. But I understand when myth is myth and allegory is allegory, and, and uh, it's actually beautiful. It's more beautiful than you think it is, and, and uh, the meaning behind it is more powerful. And so I don't want you to get hung up on stuff. So let's get this first slide real quick. I, I want to show you something. Um, oh, yeah, my, I forgot I put this in there. So listen, your heart and mind, which I'm, which I'm trying to show you tonight, is... Neuroscience is showing it. The Old Testament writers say the exact same thing. The New Testament writers say the exact same thing. Jesus says the exact same thing. Don't you think we should listen? Yes, sir. I think we should. And so that's what I'm trying to show you, that uh, um, <clears throat> most people, and this, I had this forever because I was taught that instead of as a child, we're all children and we're born into a family, and if you're half, most of us were pretty lucky in, in this country where it's even the worst of the worst, the poor here are really blessed here. You guys understand that? If you ever go to a third world country, man, when, I was telling when we travel around the world, we land here, we're like, praise God. We are blessed people here. And so could anybody? Yeah, they could in any country, any nation. They could if they, if they really just get an understanding. So um, most people are praying to this God and hoping he does something to them. And if I talked to so many people this last week online, they're like, why would God make this so hard? I go, he didn't make it hard. When you were born into a family and your little child, did you have to, well, maybe for extra suckers or candy or something, you had to beg your parents, but you just expected, you just expected them to take care of you. Did you not? It wasn't even a, I didn't have to, I didn't have to pray to, to my mom and, and beg her and pray and speak in another language so she'd have the perfect prayer and understand me. None of that. I just, she just did it. Amen? And then we had to learn that God's bad and all this other stuff. And I'm like, if you can get rid of all that, he actually made it really easy. It's like, become like a child again. Enter the kingdom. It's really simple. So you're not praying to this distant God. And I'm going to try to show you, I think, with all the scriptures and the science behind it, he's in. He's, he's within. So prayer, he's like, listen, you're my body. You're the body of Christ. I'm going to work through you. I'm not going to do it to you. Most people are looking to zap them. Now, there is a part of the zap which is pretty cool where it says, ye know not how. He'll bring it in a way we don't have to even know, but it'll happen. But we can be sure 
and that's where uh, Jeff, like you sent me when we were on the fellowship last week, Hebrews 11, 1 and 3 in the mirror translation is just beautiful where it's basically saying, listen, this faith thing that, that uh, I was just trying to demystify forever, going, I think I've got it. I think I've really got it where, because I just think it's so abused and most of, the, most of the stuff I hear, I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. It doesn't come from getting into the word more because you can be in the word more in total fear and get nothing. I've seen people do it for 40 years. And I say, so don't give me that. And don't give me that tongues is the perfect prayer that because if it's perfect, it's not working for you. So then I don't want it. I'm like, I don't think it's that hard. If I'm a child, I don't have to do that to receive from my dad. The spirit within, deep cries out to deep. The spirit's in the spirit. How do we make this known to God? I'm gonna hopefully demystify that. He does it through you. He's you're, you're his body. If you just cooperate, and I think you're gonna love the science behind this. So anyway, I, do, I want you to understand this. Uh, what did I write in there? Oh yeah, so let's just share some of the stuff up. Cherubim in the garden, Jacob's ladder, the high priest. All this stuff points to you is what I wanna show you. Jesus comes and he says, listen, the law of the Psalms and the prophets, which is Old Testament, was written about who? Him. And it says, in that day when I pour out my spirit of sonship, you're going to realize that I'm in you, you're in me, and we're in the Father, and we're one. So who is it written about? Not only Jesus, who is it also written about? You. And that's what Paul says. He goes, you're the temple. And Jesus says the whole thing. So we'll kind of go through this. But here's what I want you to know. It's not hard. Your, your heart and mind, when you use it correctly as a child, it's divine. It's the, literally the creative power of God in you. And I mean that with all my heart. It's like, it works, guys. It's... it's uh, it seems like, I was thinking about this, David, driving over. We're sports guys, so I always love the sports analogies. I love, just growing up, when, when, uh, in high school and when we played at the Air Force Academy too, is, is uh, the true coaches would make us go through all this stuff. They were like, you know, tomorrow night before the game, see yourself winning. See yourself catching that pass. See yourself doing all these things. And we did it, and the great coaches know how to do it. When you, you've heard this where they go, uh, can be the same team, a different coach comes in and he goes, we need to teach you guys to win again. Have you heard that? What's he doing? He's working on their heart and mind. They're getting them to believe. They're just getting them to believe is really all that's happening. Because belief has this miracle, magical force of God, the creative ability of God to do things. So it says faith worketh by love and belief works by love. And so anyway, then all of a sudden Christianity comes and like, no, we got to do all this other stuff. And so I've seen so many Christians where their business life, their marriage life, it, they, they, they know what works in those areas of their life. And all of a sudden they get to Christianity. He's like, no, 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 you need, in order for that to work, you need to do this, 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 this. They give you a bunch of religious rules. I'm like, that's not how you did it in any area of your life that's functioning correctly. So why is Christian? And I don't think it's different. That's what, what's my point. So let's, let's get to this first slide because I want to get it. So here's a zinger for you. All right. Here's one for you guys, all, all you guys, all you haters online. When the Bible clearly says, so I'm going to see if, you, if it clearly says something here. So here's Jesus. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not to come, about, to come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For I, true, for I tell you truly, until heaven and earth pass away, not a single jot, not a stroke of a pen will disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Some huge stuff right there. So then, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do likewise will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. All right, so here's what he's saying. For I truly tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not a single jot, not a stroke of a pen will disappear from the law. 
And who is he speaking to? The scribes. He's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees actually write, write the scriptures. They're the ones putting the jots and tittles. They're actually writing the jots and tittles. You guys see this? So what's the implication of that? Heaven and earth are not going to pass away. Not one jot or tittle is going to go away until heaven and earth pass away. So we got a couple options here. Either we just, had to prepare, we just finished our evening sacrifice and we slashed a lamb, or heaven and earth, what you think it is, is not what it is. And I would just tell you, every one of you that aren't fulfilling every 613 jots and tittles of the law, then you're in sin. Isn't that what that says? The Bible clearly says heaven and earth will not pass I want to quote it right. Until heaven and earth pass away, not a single jot or stroke of a pen will disappear from this law. So has heaven and earth passed away? Not if you listen to Colorado Springs. The moon was red last month and Trump's president. It's clear. Heaven and earth are about to pass away. <laughs> I just kind of shake my head like, don't. Right? Bart Simpson. It's like, Come on, guys. Did heaven and earth pass away? It did. Otherwise, you're under the law. You had to be. He's telling these guys, right? So it had to be. See, we're still waiting for heaven and earth to pass away. The Bible's not as clear as you think it is, is it? I think it is. You're misinterpreting it. You're taking it literally to a Jew. And this will give you some, this will give you some idea. If you looked at the Jewish temple system, they, they, their view of the world was this little place. And the center of the world was what? Jerusalem. The navel of the world was the temple system. And they had this dome. Their idea, they had this dome where the upper waters were separated from the lower waters by this dome. And there were windows in it. What were the windows for? To let the rain in. The windows of heaven. This This is how they viewed it. So they said, hey, here's this dome, and it separated the Shamayim, the, hot, the sky waters, from the earth waters, is what it was. And uh, the earth was basically the temple system, and Jerusalem was the center of the earth, and then it was completely surrounded by sea. That was their view of, of the world. And, and so when we start taking Genesis as a little creation narrative, now it really gets wacky, right? I'm like, good Lord, there's two different creation narratives in there, and one does one, does one thing on one day, and the other creation narrative, they do different days. Who's right? So I'm trying to tell you, it's beautiful if you understand it, but it's not literal. So do you believe the Bible? Yes, more than you do, actually. Because I understand when it's not literal, and you don't yet. Does that make sense? Because either heaven and way passed away, or you're still under the law. And you got to go change your garments, guys. No more mixed garments. You can't have polyester and cotton. That was one of the rules, right? So what happened? So here's heaven and earth to a Jew. The temple system represented all heaven and earth, where the heavens, that's where only God is and you can't see him. But the high priest was able to go into the holiest of holies once a, once a week, or once a year, once a week, once a year. The earth was the holy place, the outer courts, and then the sea was everywhere where the Gentiles and basically where. It was this picture of what they thought heaven and earth was. Well, guess what? Jesus comes and tells us, and he says, the old covenant is all about who? You, Jesus, and you, 
right? Because Paul tells us later, he says, don't you get it? You're the temple. So all of the pictures of the temple, the house of God that's talked about in the Old Covenant is really talking about who? You. And I think you're going to get it. It's really beautiful. Because, Jesus, see, to a Jew, heaven and earth was where God met man. And in the Old Covenant, where was it? The temple system. Did the temple system pass away? Yes. So guess what? Heaven and earth has passed away to them. We're taking it literally thinking the moon's going to fall on me. And Trump's president, we're screwed. The end's near. Hope we get raptured. I'm like, good Lord, guys. I get frustrated because I'm like, you're not even reading your book. You got to read. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's why I get so frustrated. It's like, no, it's passed away. The new heavens and the earth. So here's, here's, here's scripture. Paul tells us, therefore, if any man be in Christ, how many things have been made new? All things have been new. So that means heaven and earth has been new, right? And we're singing the new song. In Hebrews, it says, you are in the new Jerusalem. Doesn't he? You're in it. Well, where is it? Spiritually, the heavenly Jerusalem. It's spirit. That's what he says. He says, the new covenant, man's going to meet God in you. We are the temple, guys. We are the temple. So we meet man, we meet God face to face. So anyway, heaven and earth has not passed away. We should have just finished the evening sacrifice. So what's going on? That's what I'm trying to show people. So maybe we should understand what heaven and earth means to the Jewish mind. And I've said that to several pastors I was talking to this week. I said, if we don't read this thing from a Jewish mind, we are going to mess this up literally. And I think we have. That's why there's 40,000 denominations all claiming they're right. Like, well, somebody's got to be wrong. 39,999, right? If you're, the, if you're right, and the other guy down the street tells me I'm right, the other guy says, I got to do this, I go, I think you're all wrong. I think Jesus is the word of God. Heaven and earth has passed away, and he's in you. You're the new heaven and earth. You are the temple. You are the loved. You are the heavenly Jerusalem. There's no Jew. There's no Gentile. There's no male, no female. I'm using your book. I'm quoting your book. He's spiritual. The new covenant's spiritual. I'm going to write my message on your hearts. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, and everybody's going to know me. And that's why Gentiles, I'm going to read a little bit more of Joe Dispenza tonight, just the neuroscience. I'm going to show you the, the heaven and earth from Scripture and how to do this. So you guys okay with that? So because, listen, guys, if science, and that, that was my first love, as you know, and I'm still like, man, should I go get my, my master's in neuroscience? And I kind of like it. It's kind of dorky, um, but I like it. It's kind of fun to me. So uh, anyway, let me read this because here, here's what I'm like. Listen, if these guys get it, uh, and here's what I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. Jeff and I, I was sharing this with Jeff. So get mad at me. I said, people who knew the scriptures the best throughout history don't have a very good track record. Is that true or false? It's true. They miss Jesus, right? They miss this kind of stuff. That's clear to me if we're going to use your book, right? So the people who know he's perfect love and he's only love kind of get it. And so these, what I love about the neuroscience is you, they can duplicate it over and over and over and over. So here's what's happening. As some of you guys know, is, is uh, hey, listen, they're, they're, people with cancer, they're removing it in four days. Like Joe Dispenza himself, he's six vertebrae that were crushed because they're healed. He goes, if you teach me how to do this, God, I will teach the rest, my, the rest of my life how to do it. He's just using different language. He's using science versus scripture. I like to combine both back so we're not fighting, right? And just go, hey, you guys, we're on the same team. Is, uh, let's, let's go heal this person. Let's go restore their marriage. Let's go do all these things for them. Let's go let them live 
happily. So I want to read something to you because I think it really fits. So here's, if you look at Joe Dispenza at all, he says this. Here's answered prayer. You got to know what you want. <laughs> Start there. He has clear intention. And then what else? Some of you guys know? Elevated emotion. So it's Philippians 4. It's all these different things. Hey, be anxious about nothing. How many of you guys know anx- anxiousness is a, an emotion? There's an energy to it, isn't it? So he goes, how you change everything about your life, how you rewire your heart and mind, which I think is our divinity, where we can't see it. It's where Jesus says to go within. It's the, it's the, it's the pearl of great... Oh, man, I was getting more on that, too, because I've, I've heard everybody, Joseph Prince, everybody, the, the, the classic interpretations, I go, I think you're all wrong, actually. I think it's way better. So anyway... The pearl of great price is, is, oh man, he goes, the kingdom of God's like this. It's the pearl. Well, what's the pearl in between? What's the pearl in? What does this look like? Looks like your brain. Right? And then he tells us what the heart is, and he says, then the, the kingdom's also like this. It's a treasure hidden in the field. It's within you. The greatest treasure is here and here. And it creates every, all the wealth of the kingdom for you. I'm, I know that's right. God was just sharing like, oh, yes, thank you, Father. Oh, makes me sleep well. Anyway, so here's what they're doing. If you have a clear intention, you, you, this is what I want in prayer. Hey, don't be anxious about anything. Let's get this heart right. Make your requests and petitions known to God. And the what of God will guard your hearts and minds. His shalom, his union, his div- you're one, guys. When you realize you're one and you have divinity in your heart and mind, you can make anything that challenge in your life collapse. You can. This is the pearl of great place. This is the, the, the treasure hidden in the field. Doesn't he say that? He goes, listen, it's the kingdom's like a, a seed, what you planted in your heart. You, so it goes, it goes away. You can't see the seed anymore. It's down in the depths somewhere where we can't see it, right? But he goes, it's there, and it will reap a harvest, doesn't he? I think it's all the same. So he goes, well, if you have a clear intention with the elevated emotion, not sadness, not fear, not all these things, like don't be anxious about anything, because those emotions do create. They create a lot. We, we know that. Um, and so but there's a higher emotion, which is gratitude, love, joy, all these things. So he said, don't be anxious. Realize you're one. That peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. This is going to go all the way back to Genesis with the cherubim, the guards. Right? How do you enter the kingdom? Guard your heart and mind. He gives us cherubim and the flaming sword. I'm telling you, it's all the same. So he says, guard your hearts and minds. Now think on these things, things that are lovely. So if you need healing, we're not begging God to heal. What do we think on? Our wholeness. We see ourselves whole, right? If you need, if you need marriage restoration, if you need any relationship re- restored, I'm not going to be anxious about it, Lord. I know I have the pearl of great price in, in here, and I have the, the, the seed here. Beyond my wildest riches and imagination, the, the, we are the, the pearl. We are the display of his splendor. We're his glory is what Jesus says. Hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the fullness of Godhead in a body. If they've seen every one of you, they've seen the fullness of Godhead in a body. Isn't that awesome? Because you are one. So you're cruising around. They should go, man, that's, that's fullness right there. Right? I do that with my wife. Whoa. Some fullness. Something else. I can do that. We're married. We're one. So anyway, I love it. You guys getting this? He goes, don't be anxious. Realize you're one. You're in union. You're at peace. 
Now think on these things. Doesn't he? That's the solution. So anyway, check this out. I love this stuff. So thoughts and feelings produce test tube results. This is where I love the science. So cellular biologist Glenn Ryan, PhD, conceived of a series of experiments to test healers' ability to affect biological systems. <coughs> um, since DNA is more stable than substances such as cells or bacterial culture, he decided to have healers, people that, were, that have gone through the program at HeartMath Institute in California, hold test tubes of DNA. You guys know what DNA is, right? The double helix, deoxyribonucleic acid. I used to, this, I used to geek out on all this stuff. So, uh, Dr. Ryan's experiment, he first studied a group of 10 individuals who were well-practiced in using techniques that heart math teaches to build heart-focused coherence. Heart-focused coherence. Your head, what you think, and your emotion that goes with it are coherent. And I'll show you really clearly, I think, where, where Scripture is just beautiful in this. So he said, basically, I'll summarize it. So the first group, now I better read it so you, I don't summarize it. They applied the techniques to produce strong, elevated feelings such as love, appreciation for two minutes. So basically, they didn't have a, a clear intention. They are just going, you know what, I'm going to think about love. This is where the New Agers, I'm like, yeah, I love you guys, but there's actually more to it. So uh, I'm just going to love and love. Like, yeah, you get a lot of results that way, actually. But they just thought about love and good things and held the DNA in a test tube. Nothing happened. Okay. The second group, a trained participants, did the same thing. But instead of just creating positive emotions or feelings of love and appreciation and gratitude, they held an intention, a thought, to either wind or unwind the strands of DNA. So think about this. They're, they are literally winding and unwinding DNA. That's tough to do because forever science said, you know what, you're born with these genes, you got them, you're screwed. Right? Your dad had cancer, you're going to get cancer. Have you guys heard that? Because it's in your genes. They're proving you can unwind and rewind the genes, which is beautiful to me. So second group um, held an intention or a thought to either wind. The group produced, so th this group, they did, um, hey, I'm going to have the elevated emotion, appreciation, and I'm going to have a clear intention where I'm going to see myself with gratitude repair that DNA, okay? <clears throat> so they have the thought and the intention, the heart and the mind. The group produced statistically, statistically, <laughs> statistically significant changes in the confirmation of the DNA samples. The DNA was wound or unwound as much as 25% within two minutes. Pretty good, isn't it? So a third group of trained subjects held a clear intent to change the DNA, but, but they were not instructed to enter into a positive emotion. In other words, they were only using thought to affect matter. The result, no changes in the DNA. The positive emotional state that the first group entered did nothing by itself to the DNA. Another group's clearly held intention uh, intentional thought accompanied by an emotion of gratitude and love. <clears throat> oh no. The other groups clearly held intentional thought unaccompanied by emotion had no impact. Only when subjects held both heightened emotions and a clear objective, what you really desire in prayer is what I would say. Here's what I want. A clear objective in alignments, they were able to, they were able to produce in the intended effect. An intentional thought needs an energizer, a catalyst, an energy that is an elevated emotion. The heart and the mind working together, feelings and thoughts unified in a state of being. If a state of being can wind and unwind strands of DNA in two minutes, what does this say about man's ability to create? I think it's awesome. I really do. I think it's awesome. Like science forever told you you can't, your genes are your genes, your DNA is your DNA, and that's the way it is. They can sit there and repair it in two minutes, which is awesome to me. So I want to read one other thing because I think this really, uh, I showed you. Um, Joe Dispenza's daughter, where the 15-year-old, and Angelique's getting really good at this, actually. 
<laughs> which I love. So, but I, I want to I show you this. So she, she was like, hey, he, Joe Dispenza's going, what are you working on? She's like, I want an unlimited shopping spree. Some of you ladies, this, you need to work on that. So sure enough, she got it. But I want to hear, so this, here's a little updated one. So uh, what if, and it, it says, change your mind, change your life. What has profoundly and positively changed my life and the lives of so many others is the understanding that changing one's mind and thereby having new experiences and gaining new insights is simply a matter of breaking the habit of being yourself, which is the title of the book. When you overcome your senses, this realm, right, five senses, when you understand that you are not bound by the chains of your past, when you live a life that's greater than your body, your environment, and time, all things are possible. Doesn't this sound like scripture? All things are possible to him who's persuaded, to him who believes. The universal intelligence that animates the existence of all things will both surprise and delight you. That is called the Holy Spirit. That is called love. That's the universal intelligence that holds everything together. It's Colossians 1, it's John's 1, it's, it's all scripture. It wants nothing more than to provide you with access to all you want. In short, when you change your mind, you change your life. This is the good part, what I want to get to. So, um, my 20-something-year-old daughter, <clears throat> um, let me back up. My children, now young adults, have used a meditation similar to the process I will describe in this book. As a result of practicing these techniques, they've manifested some remarkable things. Since their childhood, we've had an agreement that, work, that they work on creating material things or events they want to experience. However, our rule is that as a dad, I don't interfere or assist with the outcome. They have to create intended realities on their own, using their minds, interacting with the quantum field. <coughs> Excuse me, I would just call that the spirit. So my 20-something daughter studies art in college. It was, it was springtime, and I asked what she wanted to manifest during an upcoming summer break. She had a laundry list. I love it. Instead of the typical college student home for the summer job, she wanted to work in Italy, learn and experience new things, visit at least six Italian cities, and spend one week in Florence since she had friends there. She wanted to work for the first six weeks of the summer, making a great wage, then spend the rest of the break at home. That sounds like a good... Sounds like a 20-year-old, doesn't it? And I'm going... I'm going to do this. This is this, this how I'm going to live. I'm going to create one of the greatest lifestyles in the world. That's what I'm working on. I'm like, I'm going to do this and teach people to do it. You guys in? I'm in, man. I'm telling you. Like, doggone it. Let's do this thing. So <clears throat> I commended my daughter for her clear vision of what she wanted and reminded her that universal intelligence, Holy Spirit, love for us, would orchestrate the way her dream summer would manifest. She would take care of the what? What do I want? A greater consciousness would handle the how. We know not how, but just plant that seed in your heart. If you guys know who you are, you're the pearl of great price. You're the, the, the treasure hidden in the field. So since my daughter, my daughter is practicing the art of thinking and feeling ahead of the actual experience, I merely reminded her to not only set an intention every day with regard to what the summer would look like, what people she would see, what events she would trans, transpire, what places she would visit, but also to feel what it would be like to experience all those things. I asked her to create the vision in her mind, our imagination. It will be so clear and real that the thought she was thinking became the experience, and her brain's synapses began to wire that information as if it was reality. <clears throat> uh, who's the lady? Uh, who's the Christian lady? Um, Lee, Carolyn Leaf. Go read her book. She shows you that and medically, too. She's a neuroscientist, which I love. She's like, listen, you start thinking on good things, your, your brain literally rewires itself within 20 days, which is just awesome. So... If you're like, he's secular. Well, she's Christian. And, and the same thing. Do you think the, the guy who was just healed of stage four cancer in four days really cares? He's like, praise God, right? <clears throat> I went to church and they go, well, if it's his will, brother, that helps. No, it doesn't. <laughs> 
to me. If she's still being the young woman in the dorm room with a dream of going to Italy, then she was still the same person living the same reality. You hear what she's saying there? You gotta live as if your prayer's already been answered. See it, feel it, act it out in your mind. So while it was still March, she had to be being that young woman who had been in Italy for half the summer. No problem, she said. She had experiences like this before. When she wanted to be in a music video, she wanted to experience an unlimited shopping spree. Both of these transpired. I then reminded my daughter, you can't get up from your mental creation of this experience as the same person you were when you sat down. You, you have to get up from your seat as if you just had the most amazing summer of your life. I got it, Dad. She understood my reminder each day that she had to change to a new state of being. See and feel as if your prayer is already answered, as I would say. And after every mental creation, she was to go about her day living in that elevated mood of gratitude generated by having that experience. My daughter called a few weeks later, Dad, the university is offering an art history summer course in Italy. I can get the cost of the program and all expenses down from 7000 to 4000 Can you help me? Well, it's not that I'm an unsupportive parent, but this, is, this didn't strike me as what she originally stated as her target. She was trying to force and control the outcome of the possible destiny instead of allowing the quantum field to orchestrate the events in a way that was right for her. I advised her to really inhabit that Italian trip. Think, feel, speak, dream in Italian until she got lost in the experience. A few weeks later, when she called again, her excitement was palpable. She had been in the library chatting with her history teacher, and they eventually slipped into speaking Italian. Both spoke the language fluently. At that point, the teacher said, hey, I just remembered. One of my colleagues needs someone to teach level one Italian to American students who will be studying Italy this summer. Of course, my daughter got hired. Get this, not only did she get paid to teach, all expenses covered, <clears throat> she would be in six different cities in Italy for six weeks. She spent the last week in Florence and she was able to come home for the second half of the summer. She manifested her dream in every aspect of her original vision. That awesome? I love it. I love it. So let's live life. I came to give you life and live it more abundantly, did he not? Man, you should see Christians reject this. God, they hate it. They do. It's crazy to me. I'm like, well, what are we doing? So, all right, let's go to this next slide. So let's go all the way back. So what if all these stories, Genesis 3, 24, this is when God's so angry, he, he drove out Adam and Eve. Maybe he didn't. Maybe the Bible's not so clear after all. Because Jesus says, the law, the Psalms, and the prophets are written about him. What did he drive out? No. He drove out the law, the legalists, didn't he? So anyway, watch this. So he drove out the man and stationed the cherubim on the east side. You guys know what, what typically you think of cherubim as what? These little angels, right, on the Ark of the Covenant. So they stationed the cherubim on the east side of the Garden of Eden, along with a whirling sword of flame to guard the way to the tree of life, to guard it. Didn't we just read in Philippians 4? Hey, you know what? Your heart and mind is where the guard is. Didn't we just read this? So maybe the cherubim and the flaming sword is your heart and mind, isn't it? So the cherubim, and if you go look up that flaming sword, it says, and if you go look in the Ark of the Covenant, out in the wilderness, they had the, you know, the, the tent, and what did they have? They had the Ark of the Covenant on poles of acacia wood. So the Ark of the Covenant is on the shoulders of men, you and I, the acacia wood. So what's on our shoulders, guys? What do we carry around? This little thing with two cerebrums, Right? The flaming, the flaming sword, if you look at it, it's the Shekinah glory. God is not there. It's spirit. You can't see him. It's the spirit, right? And it's the Shekinah glory. And if you go look at it, it says a flame that turns within itself. Is he not the all-consuming fire that burns away all the chaff? And it just turns within itself. Amen? You guys get it so far? So guess where the, guess where the entrance back into Eden is, to paradise? 
our heart and mind. You starting to get this? Because the law of the Psalms and the prophets is written about me. And guess what? In that day, you're going to realize we're one. When I send out my spirit of daddy, Abba, right? I'm not going to send you a spirit of fear. You got to go to church to learn that. Jeff and I were talking about that. When we have babies, we have kids, we have to teach them that God's angry and he's going to torture them in this place in case they don't love him back. They have to learn that stuff. They're born into innocence. They're born into purity. None of us go, God, what a sinner. Oh, man, sweetie, we did a great job. What a stinking little sinner. You know, (laughs) we don't do that kind of stuff. You got to learn that in Sunday school. So Jesus never did that stuff, did he? Never. So we see this on the Ark of the Covenant. You see the two cherubim, these two angels, right? And it's all gold, right? These two angels protecting what? The Shekinah glory is right in there, right? You guys getting this so far? So the only place where heaven was to a Jew was into the holiest of holies. That's where you meet God. That's heaven. So the old covenant, where you met God was in the temple. The new covenant, you meet God face to face within you. You're the temple. You're divine, guys. You're glory. So when we see this Ark of the Covenant, the the holiest of holies, two cherubim, the Shekinah glory in the middle. The pearl of great price. Get it? All right, Genesis 28. Jacob's ladder. What's Jacob's ladder all about? I think you're, this is going to blow you away. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and, the, and, the, and it reached the heavens. So here's heaven and earth again, right? So the true heaven and earth is where? Within you, isn't it? So where's Jacob's ladder have to be? Come on, it's got to be within you, right? <clears throat> behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it, and I said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, the father of God of Isaac, the land where thou liest. To thee I will give it. It's a promise. And to thy seed. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely, Lord, this in this, surely Lord is in this place. And he knew it not, and he was afraid. Most people don't know God's within you, even though they have Scripture. So, <clears throat> and I knew it not. And he was afraid, and he said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other than the house of God. Bethel is what it says. Bethel. It's literally the temple, the tabernacle of God. Who is the tabernacle of God? The house of God. You are. So the, the, ascent, the angels ascending, descending have to be where? Within you. So if your heart and mind are coherent, guess what? There's a clear ascending, descending between your heart and mind. Miracles start to happen in your life. Starting to get this? Uh, Jacob waked out of his sleep. Hello, get revelation, right? So Jacob waked out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord's in this place. And knew it not. He was afraid. I'm scared of this place. But the house of God, this is the gate of heaven. Didn't we just see that in Genesis 28 too? The entrance to the kingdom was guarded by cherubim and the flaming sword. This is the entrance to the house. This is where you meet God face to face, right? And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took a stone that he had put for his pillow and set up a pillar for it and poured oil on the top of it. So in the old covenant, they would always pour oil down the top of the head, right? Go down the beard of Abraham, all the different things that you read. So the anointing is where? Right? And he called that name of the place Bethel, the house of God. This is the house of God where angels ascend and descend. This is where heaven and earth is. That's what he's trying to tell you. So he's, where, so is he, is he's, look at verse 16. Jacob awaked out of sleep. So most of you, unless you were like my mom, she slept in a chair. Where do you sleep? Flat. Let's go to this, this first picture, I think, is the first picture. You might not be able to see this, but they have, <clears throat> the Jews believed where heaven and earth was was the temple system. They constructed it, right? <clears throat> so what I see when we see the pattern, it says build this to the pattern as you saw in heaven, 
What did they see? They saw a glorified man, didn't they? When they went up to the, the what's it called? Up the mountain. Not Moses, but when Peter and John and Jesus went up. The transfiguration. And he goes, so he, what did they see? They saw the temple. They saw Jesus. They saw glorified man. Oh, we get it, right? So the earthly temple was built after the thing that they saw in heaven. What did they see in heaven? Glorified man. They saw Jesus, didn't they? So the temple system, if you look, they had, they had the outer court. They had the earth, which was the central part, the holiest of holies, right? And then they had what? The holiest of holies. Now watch this, the man laying on the ground. So you got this man, and they've got the, the wheeled layers showing the five, the five oxen and fingers there. There's like, there's a man. How many, what do I have on my side here? Five fingers. The earth, right? The midsection, the holy place. And then he put his head on a pillow. So if your head is raised on a pillow a little bit, what is it? There's a little ramp, isn't there? So if you go look at the temple, there were steps up from the earth, the holy place, up to the holiest of holies. And there were angels ascending and descending from heaven and earth. They were going from the holiest of holies, where you meet God, down to earth. Ascending and descending. You guys getting this? The angels, the messages. Angelos is messenger. Angelos, messenger. So the messages were going, ascending, descending. From heaven, the holiest of holies, to earth. Going back and forth. Doesn't that sound like a coherent heart and mind? I think it does. So let's go to the next slide here. All right. So these angels ascending and descending. What goes from here to here? Your spine, does it not? When you take a cross section of a spine, what does it look like? Doesn't it look like an angel? You're it, guys. Jacob's got this dream. He's going, you know what? I see this thing where heaven meets earth. And then Paul, Jesus gives us, you're it. The kingdom's within you. And Paul gives us the final thing. You're it. You are the temple. You are the house of God. You are Bethel. Welcome to the heavenly Jerusalem. You're in it. That's what scripture says, doesn't it? We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We're not wait, waiting for the, the last moon and Trump to do something. And then that's not what we're waiting for. We're a self-fulfilling prophecy. We're going to go fight over that piece of dirt. When Paul tells us, Jesus tells us, it's not there, it's in here, guys. You're missing the whole thing. You're divine. You're glory. You're what God was after. You're, the, this, you're for the display of his splendor. You're this beautiful thing he's had in mind. And all the Old Testament scriptures write about you. Isn't that cool? I think that's cool. All right, one more slide, and we'll, then we'll finish this thing up because I've got to get you out of here. I think that's beautiful. The angels descending, descending, the glory of man, right? Here's a clearer look. So they're going, hey, all right. So the entrance to the garden, the temple, the Ark of the Covenant, is on the sh- carried on the shoulders of men, has two cherubim. If you look at the cross-section of a brain, both halves of the brain are called the cerebrum. Cherubim, cerebrum, same root, actually. You're going to meet man in there. Between the two halves of the clam is the pearl of great price. In the field, is a treasure beyond what you could even imagine. And I'm going to give up everything 
to buy you back so you get it, guys. That's what Jesus said. I want you to know who you are. I'm giving up everything to realize so you understand what's in you. You guys get this? So the entrance back into the Garden of Eden is our divine hearts and minds. What you think and what you feel, guys, will take any challenge down. And I mean that. With all, I'm so confident of that now. As I'm praying with people, I'm like, this is not hard. This is going to be pretty slick, actually. Once you get this thing, well, the Bible says, then, then don't get it. Fine. Go another 40 years. I'm not, I'm not going to waste any time on that because I don't think you even understand what you're talking about, personally. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but doggone it, we're getting results. We saw them after. It's like I could care less about that because I think, I think Scripture is so much more beautiful than you're making it. And uh, I think it's about us. I think it's about Jesus. I think it's about the glory of man. I think it's about heaven and earth, the new heaven and earth, which you are. All things have made new, including that. Otherwise, we're still under the law. Every jot and tittle is still in place. We've got two choices. You either better be slaying your lamb tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock or living in the Spirit. It's up to you. So I just know uh, we'll have coffee on, not a lamb, tomorrow at 9. <laughs> Enjoying it. Doesn't caffeine do this? Yes, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Try it someday. Anyway, so you get this? So when, when Mary, so the stone is rolled away. Here's another one. You guys have heard me talk about this before. So I've heard Joseph Prince, different people. I'm like, they, they sort of got it. I think they missed a little bit. So the stone is rolled away, which is a picture of the law. I'm with you there. So the death, so the entrance, the veil is, the veil is torn. You can go from the earth back into the most holy place. And Mary runs into the tomb. And what does she see? Two angels, right? Does she see Jesus there? What does she see? I'm not going to be here in a body anymore. I'm going to be in your body. You can't look for me here. Does that make sense? And they're arguing about the napkin and everything else. Well, because he's coming back in the napkin and this Jewish culture, if they did this, I'm like, no, no, you're missing it. He, you're saying that, that he's showing you us. He's showing you us. Like, don't look for me here. I'm in here. The two cherubim, etc., are you guys, and I'm not here anymore. This is just my clothes are there. We're one. You and I are one. You guys getting this? You're divine. So is that cool? Let's, let's finish this up. All right. Oh, oh, so Paul, yeah. Know ye not that you are the temple. This is our heaven, or this is our earth. This is heaven. That's to a Jew thought. Where God meets man is heaven and earth. Well, where does he meet man today? Right in your, right within you. You're one. You can't get any closer. You're not praying to a distant God. This is where prayer has to come through you, not to him. Does that make sense? It comes through you, your heart and mind. So anyway, <clears throat> know you not you're the temple and the spirit of God dwells in you. That's where the, when Mary and, and John and Peter finally go into the tomb and they see just the angels and they see just his clothes there. Oh my God, he's not there. Where is he? He's in me. That's what he says. Not yet. Well, actually, he's in them. This is what I've always argued. I'm like, well, if the spirit wasn't in them, how are they alive? Read your book. It says he took the dust of the earth and ruached into them. So every human being that's alive must have his spirit in them. What did they not have? The revelation of sonship. I'm going to send you a spirit where you can cry out, Daddy, you're not going to be afraid of it anymore. I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I gave you a spirit of power. You can do things. And you don't have to shabba-dabba-dabba for 20 hours to get it. It's a spirit of power. Does that make sense? A power, love, and a sound mind. Get it? The temple's within. So Matthew 6, 6, without the Jesus is telling them when you pray, he's telling them the same thing here in my opinion. When you pray, go into your closet because he's, he's criticizing the Pharisees. He's criticizing most prayer meetings. Let me pray for your brother. Oh, good Lord. I don't have time. 
fact, I went into Serrano's the other day, and these people were praying outside, and I'm just like, oh, cringing, actually, because I'm listening to them. I'm like, oh, jeez. No wonder we're a mess. So, and that's just what came to me, like, oh, they have the reward. They're being seen, because they were doing it out in the front of Serrano's. I'm like, can you just go somewhere else and do it in private in case? Anyway, but now when thou prayest, enter into the closet. Where's the closet? The flaming sword that protects back into the garden that turns within itself, it's in. You go into your closet. You go within, right? Nobody can see you there. Nobody can see what's being done. You go into the closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father, which is in secret. The seed, when you plant it, is where? In the heart. You can't see it. A seed goes under the soil. When you have a clam, you ever go to those clam things where you have to pay like eight bucks to get a pearl or whatever it is? We don't know, if it, we don't know what's in there, but there's something precious in there probably, right? You guys getting this? It's in here. That's what he's saying. So the Father which sees inwardly in secret shall reward you openly. Meaning when you go inside, everybody in the world is going to see outside because they're going to see answered prayer. So, But when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the he is in you. They think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Let me pray for your brother. If you had one prayer answered in 40 years, that's what I want to ask him. Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth things you need before before you even need them, he knows because he's outside the time. So doggone it, make, make your request known to him is what he's saying. After this manner, therefore pray. He's going, because they're going, Lord, teach us how to pray. If, if, if we're not supposed to do it how the heathens do it, we're not supposed to do it how the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are doing it, teach us. That's what he's saying. And what does he say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The new heaven and new earth, whatever you do inside is going to be seen outside. Do you guys get it? All right, you can stand to your feet. We'll go to this last slide. You get this? Hopefully. So my, my point in this is to show you the Old Testament shadows. Jesus, Paul, science are all saying the same thing in my opinion. They're all saying the exact same thing. But most importantly to me, I'm like, doggone it. I want to live life and live it more abundantly and teach people the rest of my life how to do it. So it's not this struggle and pain in the butt. It's like, let's live life, man. Oh. So the secret place, what's done in your heart and minds will be done in the physical. That's what he's saying, right? Hebrews 1, the unseen is more real than the seen. This is how faith works. And it's not hard. You know, science will tell you this, is if you have a, a clear thought, here's what I want in prayer, and you repeatedly do impress that into your heart, called the subconscious, whatever you want to call it, the subconscious eventually rewires and goes, that's who you are, I'm going to make it so. That's the male and female part of us, too. So the thought is like, like the idea, the sperm, the, the here's my idea. And the woman, the female part of us, like Paul's talking about in Ephesians, the husband and wife, be submissive. We can choose what we want to do up here. It's way more than just marriage to me. So he's like, listen, the male part of you, the thoughts, we can, we can go, this is what I want, Lord. When it gets impregnated into the womb of the woman, the subconscious, all the scientists will tell you, once it gets there, you got, it's coming. Right? You're going to have a baby. Doesn't it? It's submissive. You can tell me to do whatever we want, and I will do it for you. That's us. Again, the whole marriage thing is like, because even he talks about it. Hey, when you do the marriage ceremonies in Ephesians, husbands, wives, submit, all these things. And then he, then he gives you the zinger. I'm not talking about earthly marriage. Doesn't he? I'm talking about this crazy union of Christ in the church. So what our minds do, the submissive part, the female part of us, will happen, period. End of story. Is that beautiful? All right. You're tired of the situation. How many of you guys got tired of the situation? Like, doggone it. I want it to change. 
<sighs> so here's what we do. I'm just going to read it, and then I'll, we'll just pray. <clears throat> Don't wait for God to do it to you. This is 99% of the Christians I see praying. Call somebody right away. Let's pray. Call somebody here who knows how to do it, is what I would tell you. Not that, I'm sure they're great people that have great intention, but most of what I hear, they're getting, Lord, if it's your will. He is life and life more abundantly. That's who he is. He can be no other thing. So when you pray, don't wait for God to do it to you. It's within. So he does it through you. He does it through your divine hearts and minds. The angels are descending and ascending from heaven to earth, back and forth. Coherence is what science calls it. See your prayers already done. When ye pray, believe you've already received it, then you have it. No future tense in Hebrew, right? It's not going to happen. It happened. Remember the, the Neville Goddard one I did? where the Ethiopian Jew was teaching him how to pray. He goes, I want to go to, I want to, go to uh, Barbados, and I don't have any money. No problem. Tonight, when, before you go to sleep, see yourself in Barbados. Wait, I'm in New York City? And then two months later, he goes, nothing's happened yet. He's like, I don't see how it's going to happen. He goes, wait a minute. What, what, why are we talking about the prayer didn't work? You already went to Barbados, and you went first class. That, I just like jumped out of my skin. I'm like, that's it. That's, believe you have it, then you have it. So when you pray, believe you've already received it. It's aorist tense, as Brad Jerzak and I were talking about. You have it, guys. Before you even ask, I've done it for you, so ask. All the scriptures are saying the same thing. See your prayers already done. Use your divine imagination. See it, it's already done. In order to get past your brain, the science behind it, it's got to get through this amygdala. It has to have a high emotion. Otherwise, your brain just goes, nah, I reject that. This is who you are. You're supposed to just grovel and beg and be this lowly little sinner you. That's how most people feel. It's like, no, he loves you. He thinks you're the most beautiful bride in the world without spot or blemish. You ask, you shall receive so you can be a joyful bride on this earth. Amen? So when you see it, feel it, taste it. Yes, Father. That starts to plant it in your heart. And we know not how, but that will come to pass. It works every time I've seen people actually do it. Isn't that awesome? All right, so Father, we just love you. We praise you. If you need prayer, come up. Again, all you guys online, I will get to you. It's taken me a couple days, but I'm getting to most of you guys. Because I want you to get this, and I want you to live life more abundantly. I really do. Barb knows. It's like, I, it's like, I don't care about anything else. I'm so passionate about this right now, because I'm like, doggone it, Max. I was, the single mom thing hit me. Like, the Holy Spirit is like, I was a single mom, and she was scared to death to take care of us, wasn't she? I'm like, the theology didn't work for her. We had elders come to our house and go, haven't seen you in church lately. I'm like, who would want to go there? It was Melly. I remember that. We had to clean the house because the elders are coming over. Oh, fun. So that would be great. I remember that as a kid. And all they do, so here's this single mom trying to raise seven knuckleheads, us. And they're going, how come you're not in church? Because you guys are a pain in the butt. That's Melly. I'm thinking, that's why I hated church. I was like, no, I don't want to do anything like that. But this, I'm in. Really? We can walk around, our shadows will heal people. I am in, man. I'm, a, I'm Sign me up, right? We used to live that way. Then we got Christianized. We got saved, and then it just acted like every other Christian. It's so much better. <laughs> so, listen. If you need a relationship restored, let's just, let's do a couple of these. <clears throat> before you even asked, what does he say? I know what you need before you even ask. You don't have to babble long prayers. And before you even asked, I've said yes so that your joy may be full. Your job is to believe. That's all man's job is, is to believe. Believe you have received it, then you have it. So how do we believe? How do we get this heart to cooperate with what we want in our head? 
Lord, I want this in my prayer. How do we get this thing? Because this is our believometer, if we have one, right? It's not praying in tongues more. It's here. And it only works one way. It's got to change this thing. Because whatever is planted in there will happen. I don't care how hard you work. I don't care how hard you beg. I don't care. It'll happen here. So you start to see yourself as if what you've prayed for has already happened. And if you repeat that over and over and over, which is all meditation is, you just roll that scenario over and over and over your mind. And I just the, the thing with Connie just comes to me again because it was perfect how she did it. Her friend had, had huge mental challenges. I said, Connie, just ha- this is what I told her to do. I said, you sitting in that living room, you paint a picture. So if she's already healed, you're probably going to have a conversation. If you have what you've asked for, so I said, see your friend going, Connie, thanks for being here for me. I've never felt better in my life. I'm totally clear in my head, and I can't believe how fast it happened. If we can have whatever, isn't that a good thing to do? Let's add that fast, how fast it happened. 14 days later, you guys heard her testimony. She goes, Mike, I just kept doing it. Did I get discouraged? Yeah, I was like, this isn't working. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. If I, keep, if I meditate on exactly what I want, it starts to rewire my heart and mind, and I will have what I plant in there. That's what Jesus assures us. It happened just like that. It happened, ex- she wrote, exactly how I pictured it in my mind with like four exclamation points. Isn't that cool? I went, I got paid, spent six cities, went to Florence for one week. The rest of my summer I was home exactly how I saw it in my heart and mind. That's awesome. So if you need health, you're not praying to get healed. Because if, if you have a health issue, he's already said, yeah, you're healed. Before you've even asked, I've healed you. Isn't that what scripture says? So if I'm already healed, then what my imagination should be to guard the entrance back into the garden is using my heart and mind effectively. If I already have it, then I'm not picturing myself as waiting to get healed. What am I picturing myself as? Healed. Vibrant. Full. So I would just tell you to, to picture something like have a conversation with your wife or a spouse or whatever. I was sharing with this lady. She's like, man, if I could be healed. I said, what's something that you just, you want to do so badly right now that you can't? She goes, I want to walk on the beach with my daughter. See yourself and have your daughter tell you, Mom, you're so beautiful. I'm so happy that you feel good. I can't believe how fast it happened. So start having that conversation in your mind. So you will, the emotion will come up. Gratitude will start to come up. You're like, thank you, Lord, as if it's already happened. Does that make sense to you guys? Does this help? Yes. Just do it. So I would tell you to do. Just do it. Put your book down for a couple weeks if you need You'll get, the, you'll get the manifestation faster, I promise. You'll get the answered prayer faster. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful anything. It's just like, he is not in a book. He's not in a book. Where is he? He's within. The kingdom's within. He's in you. I didn't come to write this with ink. I came to write it on your heart. Isn't that what he says? I'm writing it here. You're a living epistle, not a book. The book's fantastic. I love it. I'm teaching out of it, but doggone it. Let's get some results. It's in the spirit. Amen? So, Father, we love you. We praise you. Man, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just, oh, it's so good to me right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, just let them see it's within. They've, every, anything they're struggling with, they have right now. They don't have to beg. They don't have to. They're one with you. And as they see it clearly as if it's already answered with gratitude, thank you, Father. If it's already happened, of course we're grateful. Of course we're falling in love with you even more. Of course we have joy. It will happen the whole world will see what's done inside these people on the outside. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' magnificent name, amen, amen, amen. So, sorry I went a little long, but I had to get that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Michael. So, all you guys that give online, give here. If you want to give, Father, I just thank you. 
Giving is the same way, guys, as you see him in your heart. He says this. He says, listen, if you see me as just taking care of your needs, I'm that. But if you see me as this abundant, overflowing God where not only where I multiply everything that you give, you'll have more than enough for yourself and to give to others. That's who I am too. I'm the same God. I'm the same God that feeds the people. I'm the same God that gives the seed. How you see me and how you understand how loving I am to you is what you're going to experience. So Father, we thank you that you make all grace abound to every one of these people, that they'll always have enough for themselves and others. In Jesus' magnificent name. Amen. Amen. Amen.